The following episode of TOEFOP is classified M.A. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, sexual references, a sex scene, prison rape, time travel, and mild coarse language. TOEFOP advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15. Minors must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. This is John Deke speaking. There hasn't been any great advances in prison rape or space travel. <laughs> Hello and welcome to TOEFOP. I'm Charlie Clawson. <laughs> Have you changed your name? I'm Will Anderson. <laughs> By Deepol. Yeah. <laughs> to to, 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 to so you can be awesome. That's Is right. that how it works? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you thought it was harder to get people to change uh, awesome saying awesome to awesome. To awesome. Yeah. Well, because I mean, le- legally I can't change awesome to awesome, but I can legally change Clawson to Clawson. Yeah, that's actually... I don't know how my mum will feel about it. Whatever. You're in showbiz. <laughs> when you come home and you say, uh, you're now... Change her name as well. Yeah. I can't change... You can't change someone else's name, can you? Well, I mean, you'd probably have to get her permission. Yeah, right. Merry probably. Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> what did you get me this year? I've changed your name by d I've changed the entire family's name. By d <laughs> But here's the good news. It now rhymes with awesome. <laughs> so, good news. <laughs> Yeah, it's been a, a fairly uh, split debate on Twitter as to whether or not Clawson and, uh, Clawson and Awesome rhyme. Between people who know what rhyming is and people who don't understand but what someone, rhyming is. Oh, did, this guy did post one and it was, he said it, it doesn't rhyme. That'd be like saying something rhymes with Anderson and what was it? There's something completely... Did you did you read that one? No. I can't. It was like, I don't know, hand to Finn or something. <laughs> <laughs> not much rhymes with Anderson, actually, now that I think about it. Panderson. No. <laughs> You're not very good at rhyming. <laughs> That's what we've learned. <laughs> the real reason Charlie could never be in hip-hop. No, actually, that, that's, that's not true. There are plenty of people in hip-hop who can't, can't fucking rhyme. rhyme. As I pointed out, the yeah. Beastie Boys rhymed America and Hysterica. Hysterica is not even a word. But it rhymes. <laughs> so that's the difference. The Beastie Boys are inventing America words. America Hysterica? Yeah. Close. Is it just the, la- <laughs> it's the la- It's just the last consonant. Half of it rhymes. Claus, Ors. Yeah. We agree that rhymes. That's right. That that so, rhymes. That's the bit that rhymes. Some, sin. Yeah. So I could say, but that's like it's me. It's such a minor adjustment. That's like me make. saying that like Anderson rhymes with hand job. No, it's because not. the first bit no, rhymes. No, that is not the And then the last the bit doesn't rhyme at all. all. There is, I mean, there is a similar uh, syncopation to the word. <laughs> it's just the final consonant is different. That's all you're arguing. Although it actually is... Cla- no, no. It's actually no. Clausen, not Clauson. Yeah, Clausen. Yeah, but you say Clausen. Clausen. Awesome. They sound very similar. They do not sound similar. Awesome. <coughs> <laughs> okay. If you are a rapper who has severe emphysema and a coughing problem, then yes, you could definitely get away with that. If your like rapping name was Cough Daddy, right, you'd stop puffing and the puffing got to you eventually. A little wheezer. Yeah, that's right. So basically, yeah, okay, then then it rhymes. But I, I feel like we that. should move on. <laughs> I did a gig the other night, which was one of the weirdest gigs I've ever done in my life. People laughed. 
Nice one, Charlie. <laughs> Appreciate that. I did a gig the other night. It was a, a, a favour for a friend, which is always, you know, a good way to start a horrible story. <laughs> now, this guy, is a, he's a comedian and he runs a comedy room and it's a room that I play sometimes and he's a good fella. And so he messaged me and said, hey, are you in town? My daughter is having her birthday party at the club. So basically, you know, they were just had the whole club for the night and they were going to have the birthday party there and he said, we're gonna, just going to put on a show. And they've asked if you would come along. How, old, how old's the daughter? Be in the show. Well, this is the thing. Sixteen, ah, right. So, like, he's a mate of mine, and I and like I wanted to do the right thing, and I was in town, so I said, yeah, yeah, no, I'll do, it. I'll do it, mm. I'll do it. What I didn't realize at the time was it would be a room entirely filled with sixteen-year-old girls. There was no guys there. There was no parents there. Uh, what? It was purely sixteen-year-old uh, girls. That's terrifying. Like, I mean, this guy, you know, the father, yeah, you know, running the club and some staff there at the club and whatever. But le- legitimately, the entire audience consisted of 16-year-old girls. Do you find teenage girls intimidating? Terrifying, Charlie. Me too, man. Because you know why? They have no fucking respect for authority. None. <laughs> like you st- I was like, got this insight into what it's like to be a teacher. Because I would ask a rhetorical question. Teenage girls don't really know what rhetorical questions are. Every time that you end your sentence in a question mark, they will answer that question. <laughs> like at one stage, I did this joke about oral sex, right? The setup to this joke is... That they've now... Who wants to have oral sex with me? <laughs> <laughs> I can't understand why they chased me out. <laughs> Parents are really upset. No, because I, I kind of... It wasn't so much a joke as an invitation. The funny thing about it, Charlie, was that I'd watched all the previous comedians and the only things that these girls had enjoyed were essentially dick joke. You know, like they're teenage girls. All they wanted was to hear you like, say things you shouldn't be saying. Like your normal stuff. They were not interested Especially in... Especially a guy off the telly. Yeah. It's always good when you see someone who works within parameters then oh. start swearing. So I was watching the other acts and I was like, okay, well, this is clearly the direction they need to be going in for, for, what, they're, for what they're enjoying. And so I've, I've, I, this is the intro to the bit. I say, um, yeah, there was a news story the other day. They've now linked a rare form of throat cancer to too much oral sex. <laughs> There's like about 40 16-year-old girls in the room, right? One of them <laughs> just completely, like, you know, instinctively has just gone, oh, no. <laughs> right? So Does everybody that- know about this? <laughs> At this, at this point, all the other girls are just like teasing her for being a slut. <laughs> and I have lost the room. That's brilliant. Because they're all like, Jane, you're a slut. Jane loves sucking cock. I'm like, oh my God, I'm not in charge of this anymore. <laughs> no way, man. You were never in charge. I was never in charge. But for a minute, they let me think like I was in charge. <laughs> and then it was just like, essentially, them just telling each other off for giving gobbies. You put a call out a while ago for some more questions. And this guy, Jeremy Wiltshire, sent in what I thought was a pretty good question. Okay, fantastic. Will, your predilection for drinking celebrities' half-drunk beverages is genuinely gross. It's hard to understand how you don't see that. You said, I would let anyone I admired spit in my mouth. And he's italicised it to show it's a quote. Question, do you admire Charlie? No. (laughs) Okay. Well, that cancels out the next part. If yes, can he do it live on air? So probably good that you're honest. But which of these following... I would share a, bit, a drink or a, like, you know, I have shared a drink or a, like a, you know, a joint or whatever with you over the years. It's not like I'm, you know. That's not letting me spit in your mouth, though. I, look, I, I, if, if there was some situation where you needed to spit in my mouth, I would have no problem with that. Like I've got a really bad cold and a mouthful of mucus. <laughs> if you had contracted the luck virus yeah, right, you let me... and you were like, the only way I can give it to you is to spit in your mouth. Well, for me to spit in your mouth. Yeah, that, that's what I meant. Like yeah. for you to like yeah. spit in, inside my mouth. I'd be not in a minute. I'd just right. be like, yeah, sweat ass. Well, he goes on to say, 
which of the following celebrities would you let spit in your mouth? So we'll go through them one by one. Zooey Deschanel. Yes. And in whatever bit of me she wants. In my ear. <laughs> up my nose. She can... <laughs> Will she ever hear this? <laughs> no. You can know, Zooey. Whatever you want to do. Whatever you're into, I don't mind. It can be freaky as shit. Let's do it. M. Night Shyamalan. No. Tim Burton. Unless, uh, you know what it'd be with M. Night Shyamalan? He'd be about to spit in my mouth, but in the end there'd be a twist. That's and right. ironically, I'd be spitting in, in his mouth. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Tim Burton. It'd be yes. a really spirally weird, quirky spit. I would let him spit in my mouth, but he wouldn't be able to mention any of his like modern work. Yeah, right. Like he'd have to say Beetlejuice three times. He probably wouldn't mouth. spit in your mouth, but he'd get Helena Bonham Carter or Johnny Depp to do it. They, yep, they could do it. Both of <laughs> them. Yep. Uh, Meryl Streep. You know what? Nah, I'm a bit into... If, so, the greatest living actress alive. I'm not a big Meryl Streep fan. Like, I'm a fan that clearly she is really fucking good at what she does. But if you said to me, hey, Meryl Streep's in this, yeah. that would not be something that would be, you know... I'll go, oh, well, it might be good. You know, if I'm going to see something that she's in, I'd be like, oh, great. But I would not go out of my house. And if she was at something, they were like, hey, Meryl Streep's in town. It's only 200 bucks. You know, you can come and you can meet her. I'd be like, yeah. What about it's free? It's free. Yeah, yeah, I'll go and see it for free. But you've got to spit in her mouth. Let's <laughs> just spit in my oh, mouth. Let's spit in your mouth. Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> if it's entry to a gig, <laughs> I'm fine with that. She's like, you can come and see Meryl Streep for free. She'll talk for like an hour. She'll do like an inside the actor's studio, but she spits in the mouth of everyone who comes to the show. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Shane Warne. It's interesting. Yep. yep. Yeah, I would. I don't think you'd be the first person whose mouth is spanning. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that video where he's wearing the Playboy undies, he was yeah. spitting into something. I would like to say, I would like Warnie to fucking spit in my mouth cricket style though, if I could request something. Like, you know, I'd like him to kind of like... Give you the flipper. Like get in his whites or get in his uniform and then like, you know, be kind of spinning the ball in his hand and then like turn his head and do like a, yeah, a cricket spit. Okay. Like a little, and then I would be a like... A little run up, a little hop, skip and jump. Yeah, and he would spit it and it would go in my mouth. <laughs> or even if he spit it and it turned in the air, kind of yeah, waved in the air and went into my mouth. <laughs> I'd be into that. I'd like. I'd like it to be something special. Sport thing. Yeah. Ben Cousins. Yep. Great way to get high. I oh, know. <laughs> spit in my mouth, man. <laughs> Been up for nine days. What happened? Ben Cousins spat in my mouth. <laughs> I've got so much shit done. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and look how good my abs look. <laughs> Such is life. <laughs> uh, Greg Barron. Would I like Greg spit in my mouth? Yes. Yes, Greg Barron. Yeah, you, you absorb some of his cool rockabilly vibe. Fuck yeah, my hair would just go bang. Yeah, your hair like, would get much cooler and your, and your choice of footwear. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> so I'm wearing a cardigan and I'm not sure why. As, as two men who have been inside the closet, he has a very uh, amazing selection of footwear for a man. Oh man, he has an amazing f- selection of footwear for a drag queen. <laughs> <laughs> Dave Anthony? Yep. He'd be angry too. He'd be angry He'd be so angry. <laughs> you just need to get him started on the Republicans. And then he'd be fucking spitting all over the place. You could just sit there like a, a fair show clown. Just like, ah. I feel like at some stage that's just going to happen against my will anyway. That he yeah. will just actually just spit in my mouth. Just for like, for some film that Yahoo series made or something. He'll just be so angry at Australia <laughs> that he will slag in my gob. Something closer to home. Corinne Grant. Oh, I think I would feel weird about that. Yeah. And it's not that I don't... Too much admi- history. Oh, yeah. It's not that I don't admire Corinne. She's one of my... But I've known Corinne since I was 16 years old. So I've, that would be like getting my sister have to spit in my kissed? mouth. No. No, like... How I, have you been friends with a girl for 16 there was never any... Never at all. I think maybe because we met when we were like, you know, 
teenagers. You saw each other when you were ugly. Yeah. <laughs> ugly and pimply and deformed. Yeah, she saw me when I had long hair and thought I was Eddie Vedder. Yeah, right. But like, like someone who'd eaten Eddie Vedder as opposed to like actually Eddie Vedder. Yeah, no, no, there was never any sort of romance there. No, I think I would find that a bit weird. Yeah. It'd be like my sister spitting in my mouth. Your sister. <laughs> Adam Sandler. Oh, yeah. Fucking love some of that fucking Sandler spit inside me. Yeah, we'd be a millionaire. Be like spitting um, a Maserati into your mouth. It's, that is exact. He would spit in my mouth, and I suddenly would realise I'm in a Maserati yeah. that he'd bought for me. <laughs> but not if he was dressed as Jill from Jack and Jill. <laughs> no, I, I would let Jack spit in my mouth, but not Jill. What if he was dressed like Little Nicky? Yep. Yeah. yeah, I'm fine with that. Yep. I'd prefer Happy Gilmore. If I if I could request, I'd be like, dude, this would make it more special if you could just Happy Gilmore. You know what happened though? Is he'd spit and he'd miss. He'd hit your cheek and he'd go over and he'd go. That's your home. Get in his mouth. That's your home. Are you too good for your home? Yeah. He'd just get Rob Schneider to spit in my mouth. <laughs> that's what had happened. Michael Chiklis. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I think there's a little, uh, that's a little play on words there because you know that you describe yeah. your penis. My penis is Michael Chiklis. Yeah, but no, well, I mean. Would you let your penis spit in your mouth? <laughs> yeah, if I could fucking have that sort of coordination. Sure, <laughs> why not? <laughs> Yeah, Michael Chiklis, I would, but I would feel fucking like you know that afterwards you'd feel like you've been spatting. You've been fucking spatting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, after, there'd be no fucking walking away trying to pretend. Like with some of those other people, I feel like that afterwards I'd feel like nothing bad had happened. Yeah. Like I was in no way violated. In fact, if anything, it was like a, a nice gesture. Yeah. Whereas with Chiklis, I think I would feel shame. <laughs> I would feel I'd have to go home and scrub myself. Yeah, because he's got that kind of because he, you know, he's played a cop so many times. You yeah. kind of feel like you know, you you've done something, you've broken a law, yeah. or something, you've been judged. Armenians were after me. <laughs> I'm not sure why. He spit in my mouth, and suddenly Armenians are after me. Barack Obama. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I think even I'd cross the line for Barack. Yeah. And I would get one of those posters, like Change and Hope, but it would just say spit. <laughs> and I would have it up my wall. That would and be say, very You cool. know, Barack Obama spat in my mouth once. And I tried to make myself some lunch and I threw on a, a, a pot of pumpkin soup and I was just heading it on the stove. And when you say you threw on a pot of pump, pumpkin it's soup. It's one of those ones you buy from the deli. I didn't make it. It's yeah. not like I carved a pumpkin. Mushed. I know how to make pumpkin soup, incidentally, but I didn't oh, have time Oh, well, for that. la-di-da. <laughs> well, sorry, I didn't realise I was hosting a podcast with Jamie Oliver. You, you love your bloody soup. cooking shows. I was trying to speak your language. No, that was like you saying to me, that was like you going up to an Olympic athlete and saying, well, not an Olympic athlete, someone who likes watching the Olympics. <laughs> And, and saying I've run saying 100 metres. I know. Oh, yeah, I am uh, ran 100 metres the other day. That's a fairly... I, I, I think that would come up in conversations all the time. If people, two people are watching the Olympics and one turns the other and says, yeah, I used to do the, uh, I used to do the 400. No, but you weren't saying that. You weren't saying I used to do the 400. You were saying, like, you were the equivalent of I can run 100 metres. That's what you just said. Because pumpkin soup is basically the easiest thing you can make in the entire world. Do you know how to make it? I didn't say I knew how to make a show, because I, I haven't watched any show where People anyone's ever in made non-pumpkin pumpkin houses should not throw pips. I think that I could, like if you said to me, like, you know, if there was a situation where somebody came to me and said, look, um, uh, if, if make me a pumpkin soup or I, you know, kill your family. So uh, how hot was the soup? It was hot enough that I burnt myself. Right. I mean, I was really lucky, actually. So you could have turned into Two-Face. I could have. You could yeah. have been a pumpkin, you could have been pumpkin two face. pumpkin face. <laughs> Call Christopher Nolan, we've got a new villain. Pumpkin face. Pumpkin face. That would be a good... Um, actually, you know what? It'd be a great um, Thanksgiving horror story. 
There is a Thanksgiving horror story called Pumpkinhead. Oh, right. Made by Stan Winston, yeah. which is about a, well, <laughs> a pumpkinhead pumpkin demon. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Feels Actually, like, they, feels yeah, like well, we've already been there. I've never seen it. I just assume from the title that's what it's about. And I know it's Stan Winston, so I'm assuming, you know, he's the guy who made the Terminator creature and Predator and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It would be weird to hire, hire Stan Winston to do a film called Pumpkinhead and there's no Pumpkinhead monsters in it. It'd be disappointing. Because you can get Gus Van Sant if it's just going to be an indie drama about, yeah. you know, teenagers yeah. talking. If it's, yeah, if it's going to be... Yeah, that is a Gus Van Sant movie, yeah. Pumpkinhead. Yeah. Have you, have you gone and seen Pumpkinhead? <laughs> it's in limited theatres. It's a lot of... He's hired a lot of people who weren't actors before yeah. and he just got them to improvise dialogue yeah. and that, that's the movie. It's called Pumpkinhead. <laughs> has it ever mentioned why? No, well, never. That, well, that's the, that was the original pitch and then the studio were like, let's just get Stan Winston and... Turn that moody teenager into a giant pumpkin demon. People are like, Gus, here's what we love about your idea. The name. <laughs> <laughs> we'll buy that from you and we're going to make a movie about a guy who's got a pumpkin head. That's a fucking heaps better movie than your windy fucking people who aren't actors. Shut up. Gus, we're really disappointed when we went and saw Elephant mm. and we did not see, see one, one elephant. elephant. <laughs> this is bullshit. Film. We've learned. The elephant in the room yeah. was that was no elephant yeah. in the film. Yeah, and we don't want a pumpkin in our room unless there is literally a pumpkin in the room. <laughs> so... <laughs> Gus Van Sant's like never call me for a meeting again <laughs> is this even a studio <laughs> we're in your we're in like a shed out the back of your house yes yes hang on I'm taking a call you pick up like a hamster hello yep Mr. Spielberg I'll call you back Gus Van Sant's like I don't think you are a studio and, and why is this shed already filled with pumpkins <laughs> feels like you weren't interested in my idea at all <laughs> So if you had um, been burnt, like, you know, like half your face got burnt two-faced style by, mm. by like, the pumpkin. the pumpkin, what would you do with the rest of your life? Well, I'd say it would put a dent in my acting career. Would it, though? Maybe it'd fucking, like, make, suddenly get some me. jobs. Well, chicks do dig scars. It just yeah. depends how, how bad is it? Is it, like, two-faced bad? Yeah, but you're, like, half really handsome still. <laughs> like, you're half really handsome. So, like, you, you literally have a good side. Yeah, right. So if people see you from that side, they're like, Hey, Charlie Colson's looking pretty good these days. And then when they see you from the other side, they're like, did he get his face burnt off by pumpkin soup? So <laughs> <laughs> he have a pumpkin face? Well, it would give me like, you know, in Tom Hardy when he does an interview or, you know, Colin Farrell, they always have those bad boys where they talk about they used to take lots of drugs and fucking wake up in someone's bed, come yep. in and spew traffic cone up their ass or something. I'm not sure that's... I think that's how the interview went. Yeah. But that could be my cool backstories. I was making pumpkin soup. <laughs> I was having a really bad day. I was doing my tax. No, it doesn't quite have the same bad boy ring to it. Oh, no, but I think if you had a pumpkin face, that would be like... I mean, you wouldn't be able to get every role. No. Like, you wouldn't be able to do, like, the... Home and away or anything. Yeah, you wouldn't... No. I'd have to say goodbye to my home and away dreams. Exactly. (laughs) Do you think home and away could have a pumpkin face character? Yeah, but he wouldn't be a regular. They They would bring him in for a short stint. There'd be something along the lines if he's living under a house. Like, some of the kids coming home from school and they... There's a rumour in Summer Bay yeah. about like the haunted house because yeah. they hear like scuffling and noises and they find Pumpkinhead's living under there. Yeah. And Pumpkinhead, he hasn't spoken to anyone in 10 years, but they find out, they go online, they find out that he was once a musician called El Punk <laughs> and he used to write great music and he disappeared and so they bring him back out and they encourage him to play music again. And the thing is that he, they're like, well, why didn't you just go to the local, like, you know, the, you know, the salvos, people who look after the homeless. And he goes, well, I can't walk into a soup kitchen. Like all the bad memories <laughs> of soup. Like this is the whole horrible irony is he's been cast out, but he can't walk into a soup kitchen even, without even the memories. Even before that though, when they're, when they're still not talking and they're just sort of trying to find out what his story is, they yeah. take him to the Summer Bay supermarket and yeah. 
they're trying to work out. No, nah, I can't even with, go there because it's got the name soup in it. Well, well <laughs> he's, yeah. he's like, I can't go to the oh, I didn't even think of that. Can't. I was thinking more he goes down the Campbell's aisle and he's like, ah! No, I can't even go in because it's called Supermarket. Yeah. Can't go and see Superman. Yeah. Like, he's, anything that has the word soup in it, he's not into. Even like, that 90s band Swoop, it sounds too much like soup. Yeah. Used to love the TV show The Soup. Massive Joel McHale fan, but can't watch it anymore because of the irony. When he saw uh, that episode of Seinfeld, it was just the Nazi as far as he's concerned. Yeah, he's like, all, yeah, all, soup, all people who serve super soup Nazis <laughs> to this guy, he's like, well, I don't know what you guys are fucking talking about. I got half my face burn off my soup. <laughs> so you wouldn't consider if you were like, you know, soup man? Soup man. Soup, soup man. man. That's quite cool because it sounds a bit like Superman. Soup man. Yeah. If you say like, it quickly, like, hey, it's soup man. I like pumpkin face better. Than soup man. Well, I don't like... I just You're think, more into pumpkin... So if you got your face burnt off by pumpkin soup, you would... Like, if, if you had the if choice... If it's not me, I'd like the person to be known as pumpkin face. <laughs> no, if it's, it's you. me, then I go, right, It's you. Man. It happened to you. Soup man. Soup man. Yeah. I like that. You know Charlie's soup man now? Mm. That sounds fucking cool. Yeah, it does. Although... Is he, is he faster than a speeding bullet? Soup man also sounds like I could have a, a late night um, sort of current affairs talkback show on the <laughs> stereo. Soup man! <laughs> I've got some opinions about things. <laughs> but then the, the soup half of me has a completely different opinion. <laughs> that would That'd be a great, be great show. If Harvey Dent hosted yeah. like a talkback show, but he never actually took any calls because no. he just argued with himself. Oh, that's, that's a really good idea. <laughs> like, well, I, NTR, they need, a, they need a star. Why don't we pitch on Harvey Dent? Harvey Dent. <laughs> you know he's not real. Because it is also that perfect thing for like a, a talkback radio station where he's like, Really, like you know, I believe in gay marriage. How can you? How can you agree with it? I believe that uh, everybody should be treated with respect. Criminals must be locked up. I don't know why he sounds like Batman. Yeah. Like- <laughs> no, that's Batman calling in. <laughs> We've got B Wayne calling in from Gotham City. Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, Bruce. Of course, Bruce is first on the line. That's what that red bat phone is for in Wayne Manor. It's, it's not to the commissioner. It's, it's straight to NPR, so it's straight to Harvey Dent. Harvey, I've got some problems with my local council. <laughs> Marriage is between a man and a woman. That's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. <laughs> Harvey, we wouldn't have so much trouble in Gotham if we just stopped. The boats. <laughs> we grew here. You flew here. He's talking about Superman. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine every time Batman runs into Superman? He's like, we grew here. You flew here, freak. Well, and for oh, all man. those playing um, the latest edition of the Top drinking game, Batman. Batman. <laughs> There are lots of hot redheads in the world, particularly and on Doctor four. Who. No, <laughs> there's one, Charlie, and she is enough. She's beautiful, hot enough for all yeah, the redheads. Exactly. Um, uh, but there's yeah, a no. hot uh, redhead porn star, Faye Reagan. She's really hot. She's like Irish hot, right? Like pale skin, freckly. Is she an Irish porn star? No, no. Well, her, well, her name's Faye Reagan. <laughs> that would so be brilliant. That's probably not her real name. I would love to see like Irish porn, old school Irish it's not, porn. You know, it's like, not all, all Irish people speak like leprechauns because <laughs> I know that's what you're imagining. <laughs> that's what I'd like. A pot of gold, a yeah. little green hat, and a corn pipe. Oh, your cock looks like a potato. <laughs> that's terrific. 
you've just got, like that. You've got a brilliant crack. <laughs> Do you know what my Irish porn movie would be called? To be whore, to be whore, to be whore. <laughs> That's my Irish porn. A leprechaun. <laughs> so Matt Corby, I oh know. So Matt Corby, yeah. basically, what he did, he went away, and he's only got to the point now where he has released an EP. So he hasn't even got an album out, right? Mm. He released this EP not long ago. The, the track from it, the um, his big track, I think it was called Brothers or something like that, <laughs> came number three in the Triple J Hottest 100, All which right. is like the... Do I know it? Most prestigious... Well... Hum it. How, how do I know what you know? Well, I don't know. Would I know it? Like, you know, you know, my, I'm not like overly... No. Musical, but no, I'm going to say no. I wouldn't know it? No, I wouldn't think so. Really? Hum yeah. it for me. I don't think they ever played it as a wrestling thing. <laughs> Or at a sports package at the end of the news when they're doing <laughs> AFL highlights. I might not. It's not that sort of song. Hum a bar. I can't hum a bar. Sing, uh, tell, me the, tell me what the lyrics are so I'm I can guess not, it. You know I'm not very good at that, even with songs I know. Can you give me any kind of it's like... It's Jeff Buckley-esque. So- Ooh, we're brothers, we're brothers. <laughs> <laughs> <what> like? <laughs> I think I would not. I listen to Triple, Triple J. If I listen to a radio station, it's on Triple J. So okay. chances are I've probably heard it. And I was at a pub... The last 10 of the Hottest 100. So okay. it would have been playing in the background. Well, you would have heard it then. So give me a hint. I, well, I'm not Sonically, very... give me no, a hint. No, I can't. I can't. <laughs> give me a beat. Give me something. What's yeah, the... Give me a beat. What's the chorus? Oh, we're the Hilltop Hoods now. <laughs> What's the chorus? <laughs> hey, give me a beat. <laughs> Drop a beat. No, what was I'm it? Not, I couldn't Tell me what the you. fucking chorus is. What are the lyrics in the chorus? I don't know, Charlie. What does brothers sound like? How does he enunciate brothers? Well, no, it's like uh, the best thing that I can describe it is... <laughs> That it kind of is... You know what it sounds like. Yes, but I can't... Approximate for me what it sounds like. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I can't do it. Can. It's like... <laughs> yeah, just, just, all right, even that. Just, just hum it. <laughs> it's like a... It's like a... <laughs> Go on. You can do this. You can, I Will. I can't do it. You can. I can't do it. We'll, right, have, we'll, we'll start... We'll leave Hum it. the Australian National Anthem. Okay. Hum enter enter Sandman by Metallica. <laughs> All right, we might be in trouble. <laughs> is this what our podcast is? Is this our bonus podcast for people? Me humming songs. This is after you have your stroke. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, no. welcome to Tofa. I'm Charlie Clawson. Mm. <laughs> well, that was my stroke. It wasn't like a disabled thing. It was just the, it was the, visual, the visual was like, you really committed then. It upset me slightly. I don't ever understood. I think that thing of people naming their dicks is a fallacy. I, I'd say a minority of men name their penis. Did you mean that pun? Was that an accidental pun that you just made then? Yeah, definitely. What did I say? A fallacy? <laughs> well, I don't fucking clever clogs. <laughs> Look at the big brain on Anderson. You're getting beaten up at lunchtime. Poofed up. Uh, yeah, no, I think it was something that people kind of said they did rather than actually... I don't know anyone who's named a dick. I think it's the, the, the Bill Clinton was a famous one. What did he call his? Little Elvis. Little Elvis? Really? That might be a toe pop fact. <laughs> Do you, can you just Google Little Elvis? Yeah. And see what it brings up. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> Is it Lil Elvis or Little? <laughs> it's like is, like. It is Lil Elvis or Little? I think it's Little Elvis. So I mean, it's not like Lil, like Little he's Kim? Because uh, he's Southern. He so from? it could be Lil Elvis. I, I, think it's, I think it's Little. Just type, type in Little okay, Elvis. Little you may get a midget Elvis impersonator. That's what I'm thinking. Do you want me to just fill dead air? Okay, so there's um, a TV show called Little Elvis and the Truck Stoppers. 
Which I would, that sounds like a porno. No, I will tell you an interesting fact about Little Elvis and the Truck Stoppers. Rove McManus worked, I believe, in the animation suite for that. I think, like when we first started doing stand up, it's together. an Australian. Yeah, show. it's an Australian show, and he was, I think, working in the actual animation part of that. It was like his his job. Little Elvis. I'm going to put Little Elvis and Bill Clinton. So yeah, Tiny Elvis. Uh, William J. Clinton blog. Type in what did Bill Clinton call his penis. <laughs> You're right. That's what I should type in. I don't know. It would be amazing if there is like no entry and I have just imagined this fact because <laughs> it's so specific. You may have to take me to see a psychiatrist. Okay, I can Google. What does it mean in a dream if you're naming Bill Clinton's penis? Oh. You can tell we're at your place because you're the one who's having to Google. Oh, yeah, that's right. Home Googling rights. No. Nothing. No answers for what... Bill Clinton called his penis. No. D- d- internet, you have let us down. So, wow, really? I could have sworn that it, that my memory of it is it comes from the Monica Lewinsky case and that she said that he named his penis Little Elvis. I could have imagined this whole thing, Will. No? I don't know what um, <laughs> I've Googled here, but I, look, I, the six entry down, all I've seen is the highlighted words yeah, Bill Clinton, obviously, which I've searched for. And then Bill did. So that the did that's come up for, you know, what did he call his penis? Yeah. Is Bill did well in school. <laughs> and that his is and was voted by his schoolmates. But then, unrelated, I've just seen something that says he also has an 18.5 inch penis. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to. What website I'm is gonna, that? I'm, I'm going to have to click through that. Yeah. What? Oh, it's unclosed. Uh, Encyclopedia. Have you ever? It's like a. What's yeah, an encyclopedia? It's like a Wikipedia sort of. I think it's like almost like a piss take, but a. Oh, okay, so it's you know, bullshit. Some more information about his penis. <laughs> I love the fact that I've not been able to Google any information on what Bill Clinton calls his penis. So the fact that he called it Little Elvis, or you remember that, means yeah. you remember. This is you remember more than the internet. I don't know that I'm right though. If it's not on the internet, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, let, let, hang on you forced me to <laughs> it's the first time anyone's ever said that if it's not on the internet then maybe it's wrong <laughs> you'd think something like that though because it's so salacious would be it's the kind of thing that you would find on the internet I'm going to have to turn my computer on because I don't trust your fucking internet searching skills so I'm going to type in this, um, this, written, this now feels like we're two like hackers yeah. in some backyard thing and I've had a crack and you're like move over <laughs> I'm going to get in here you hear me just go I'm in Bill Clinton. He was always happy, so I guess his password was happy. Ah, Bill quotes about Elvis. No, wiki quote. Fuck Elvis. Farmer Tanker. No. Penis pals. Bill. Yes. All right, here we go. According to super articles under the heading penis pals. Okay, good. Okay, what exactly is the best friend? Blah, 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 blah. This is a blog by someone. So look. I have one verifiable source. It's not like it's, this is the New York Times, but mm. I didn't imagine it. Someone else has heard of it. This is by Sandra Pryor. Okay. What exactly is a Did best... Did you say Pryor or Cryer? Pryor, as in Richard. Okay, yep. What exactly is a best friend? Well, to start with, it's someone with whom you go everywhere and share your deepest, darkest secrets. Okay. Best friends also pop up unannounced, embarrass you in social situations, and sure. let you down when you need them most. That is you true. See where she's going? Ah, <laughs> oh, like a penis. <laughs> Yet, you stick with them through thick and thin. Oh, thick and or thin. I could probably be talking about any one of your best friends, right? 
Wink. But look again, and you'll see I've just described a penis. Right. Probably my penis rather than a penis. Like, if a penis was coming with me to random things, that'd be weirder. Question. Is a dog really a man's best friend? Not mine. I've got three cats. No. Oh, okay. The no, thing that comes first person? in a man's life is his penis. Well, it does come first. If you know what I mean. <laughs> and what is there to tell you about our dear little friends? Um, did I just say little? What I meant to say was, oh, forget it. I'm reading this for Benson, by the way. <laughs> I'm, I'm putting a little... You can see the actor spin. I'm yeah. putting a little bit of yeah. Yeah. And fucking hot sauce on you're it. You're dusting it with a little sugar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Under the heading, we name them. Okay. Bill Clinton calls his Little Elvis. Oh. I think George W. Little or Lil? Lil, as in the Labner. You're right. Yeah, okay. I doff my cap to you. <laughs> Bill Clinton calls his Lil Elvis. Yeah. I think George W. Bush called his Lil. Oh, she's making a joke. I think George W. Bush calls... Call, George W. Bush just calls his Lil. Okay. Okay. So he had a little penis. Yeah. I haven't given my... My penis? Her name is... Her name's Sandra. Yeah. What? All right. I haven't given my penis... I love that this is your source. Some <laughs> possibly a man, possibly a woman blogger. With a dubious at best sense of humour. This is your reference. I'm not the only one, is all I'm saying. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I haven't given my penis a name but have met many a man who has and have heard many even talk of their penis in the third person. Oh, you should have seen Oscar go. Or, I wanted to go right home, but Barney had other plans. Barney? (laughs) Have you, in your entire life, ever had a male friend say to you, Ooh, you should have seen Oscar go. Or, I wanted to go right home, but Barney had other plans? Barney? If you talked about your penis with that much imagination, I would have to fucking put you in a straitjacket. Well, it's, A, there's nothing more sexy than um, <laughs> calling your penis after the grouch that lives in the rubbish from Sesame Street. Like, I think Oscar is a, a great name. Ooh, you should have seen Barney go. Even if you do name your dick, when would you ever tell someone, male or female, you should have seen my penis go? Yeah. What? Do you, do you think it's like Barney Rubble? Does it look like Barney Rubble? Is that where it comes from? Or is it like Barney Banana? No, it looks, it looks like, like, it a looks like Matthews. It has like a mo. <laughs> it's a tough in and under player. Short, but strong. Yeah. <laughs> Happy to knock a bloke out behind play. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this podcast needed. More obscure AFL references. <laughs> I have to confess, I find this just a little unsettling. Well, I'm finding this blog unsettling. Mm. I believe it to be a mechanism where men can... Sandra, or is it Mandra? <laughs> Sandra. <laughs> I to go back and check. I believe it to be a mechanism where men can fool themselves into thinking that what transpired the night before was not their fault at all. The penis is in control. Yeah. Sounds like we're sailing into dark territory. Yeah. This, of course, doesn't work with women. I don't think I'll ever see the day when a woman tells me, hey, I was just saying goodnight. It was little Susie who invited him in. That's not true. My ex girl, ex ex girlfriend named her, her vagina. And what was its name? Miko. Miko. Okay. Why Miko? I think there was a character from a Disney film. Like oh my a, god! A little, that's weird. A little fairy creature. Really? Called Miko. Do you really want to <laughs> name your violate vagina? like a Disney character? Like if she you, said to you, "Come <laughs> over here and have a crack at the Little Mermaid." <laughs> Do you want to be the one who shot Bambi's mother? I'm not sure that's... 
Can you please stick your penis in my aria? <laughs> um, okay. We wonder about other peoples. This is another heading. Male genitalia are as mysterious to men as they are to women. No, not no, true. Not really. Not I true. spend most of the day examining, ex- it. examining it. Very familiar with it. Yeah. While we have intimate knowledge of our own equipment, masculinity prevents many of us from learning the particulars of others. So we go through life wondering whether it's a big one, whether that does happen to all men, or whether our testicles are indeed so cute. <laughs> I've never had anyone <laughs> describe my balls as being so cute. No, so there is something wrong with Sandra. <laughs> uh, so here's, But why is Sandra speaking like a man? Hang on. Here's, okay, but on that... I think there is a there is a slight validity in what's being said then. I think women are much more open with each other about discussing, you know, the workings of what's going on, you know, with their genitalia than men are about sharing that information. Like I don't think men would talk frankly about like their sexual issues or like, you know, their the size of their penis or like not in a accurate way. Like people will do it in a jokey way, like in a big dick, small dick sort think, of way. I don't, but I don't I don't think women do either. I think women talk more about like people know like they all know when <clears throat> each other's period is and stuff like that. That's not the same though. No, but I mean you know they'll happily help each other out in those sort of situations that I think you know I think men are a little bit more you know they don't want to know about that sort of stuff like. So all of a sudden you're fucking on team prior, go Sandra. <coughs> Third round, she wins on points. Well, I think that there is an element of that. Like there's an element of truth in what she's saying. That's all. All right. Well, we'll continue now. Yeah. Fucking Sandra's best friend. Men aren't going around looking at. But I, I also think that men, particularly with the rise of pornography, and I'm sure women have suffered from this as well. But men look at men in porn, and most men in porn have like I assume have like massive penises. Penises that could be used to transport vehicles over bodies of water. But you don't know. Maybe that's what all penises are like. Like if people aren't talking about it, and all they're seeing in the media is. Really penises. massive penises, yeah. then that people might start to go, well, that's everybody's like that, you know, and to get some sort of you know body dysmorphia thing, or and inject their penis with like beans from a beanbag or something. That people do things to their like, you know, there's pumps and yeah, there's guys who put pearls under their fucking oh, we can't talk about it because it makes me cross my legs. But you know, there's guys, fishermen who put pearls under the skin of their dick, like to give it little lumps. What? There's guys who put pearls on the skin of their dicks to give it little lumps. Who told you this? Was no, it Sandra no. Hall? Did no, Sandra Hall write it. this on a blog? No, it, it's true. There's guys, they, they it's, sometimes they put more than one, but they, they find these pearls, these fishermen, and they insert it under the skin on their penis to give it like little love bumps. Like Suppose a you can't. Ribbed for her pleasure. Can't really, like you couldn't used to get TV and stuff when you were at sea. So you had to find something to do on those lonely hours on the boat. Let's insert pearls on the skin of our penai. All right. Okay. So, although a man will happily take compliments from you regarding his genitalia, he will never really believe you. He knows full well that if you answered honestly to his question, it's the biggest you've ever had. Your relationship, as you know it, may be in tatters in a few minutes. I don't think that's true. Oh, no, I think most guys would be very comfortable with you saying. Also, I there had to be a lot of self-loathing for you, a girl to say that to you, and for you to go, "You're lying. You hate it. It's tiny. Just say it. Spit on me." <laughs> we play with them. We do this because we can, and trust me, it's not just us guys at puppetry of the penis. We've just mastered it and turned it into a show. See, clever dicks. 
This sounds like an article by one of the guys in Papua New Guinea. Or is it written by a woman? I can't work it out. <laughs> Your father's husbands and boyfriends and brothers also practice the ancient art of genital origami. Bit presumptuous. <laughs> There's not a man in the world who has not at some point stood in front of the mirror and thought to himself, hang on, what would this look like? We've all tucked it away and done the woman. Mm, yeah, I'd say so. I guess so. We've all rolled it around the wrist for a cock watch. I've not done that. Yeah, I've done that. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen us as children do it in the bath, and some of us st- did stop, but most of us just no, and some of us did stop, but most of us just stopped doing it while you were around. In the bath, bath. that is misleading. I don't think guys just sit around flinging their dicks about when girls aren't there. I don't think guys are even having baths. No, no, I think we're not talking as children in baths. Yeah, because little kids play. Yeah, yeah but she's also. Things. But then she's saying that you know we're still doing it. Like yeah, guys yeah, aren't yeah, even yeah. having baths. Some of us did, did stop, but yeah, yeah. We communicate with them. This behaviour has been around since the beginning of time. In fact, before there was language, primitive man more than likely communicated. Perhaps showing what predators were in the area or what types of fruit could be found using nothing but grunts and tugging on his genitalia. How do you know that? Sounds like a Saturday night question. Like, how do you know that? It's a lot of presumption. You don't read that on a juice bottle lid. <laughs> like, I can't imagine in the olden days guys were telling people where predators were by like whacking off in front of them. <laughs> that would be more... I would take my chances with the pterodactyls rather than like, you know... You just... There's an old joke where uh, two hunters um, go out with their dogs and they're shooting at ducks and uh, one dog uh, is gone for a really long time and the dog finally comes back and it just stands up and it grabs its dick and it starts tugging on its dick and then it grabs up its stick and starts punching the air with a stick and the one hunter says to the other one, fuck man, your dog's gone crazy and he's like, no, 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 he's just saying there's more fucking birds out there than you can poke a stick at. Because this is the bonus episode, yes. keen-eared listeners may have noticed that John Deeks' intro, he referred to us as Tofob. Yep. That's why, because it's the bonus episode. It's a little Easter egg for listeners out 30 there. 30-odd foot, bo- well, 30 foot of bonus. Normally when it's an Easter egg, you don't then tell people where the Easter egg is. <laughs> normally it's like one of those things you just let the listeners pick up and we're, they're like... Well, half know, an hour into the podcast, yeah. I think I can tell them. Like, I don't think Easter eggs are necessarily hidden. People want to know where the Easter eggs are. I mean, yeah, but they're hidden. That's the whole point. That's why they're called Easter eggs, because you hide Easter eggs. Or do you just think of Easter eggs as things you buy in the shops? Well, <laughs> I was going to say, at Easter, my friend. I just go to Coles and they're all there in a row, mate. They're well, all hidden. Did you do Easter at your house growing yeah, up? Yeah, that would hide the eggs. That's no, the whole point. You've gone an Easter ne- egg. We never hid the eggs. So, Our eggs would just be on the mantelpiece. We never hid eggs. Really? Yeah. That's the whole point of the Easter egg hunt. I've never understood this DVD. <laughs> Why aren't they just on the mantelpiece where I can get them? You just assume they'll call things that are on the mantelpiece. <laughs> Is Warhorse one word? I just thought Warhorse... Like, if you're talking about Lenny Hayes, is that one word? No. Warhorse. Okay. Warhorse. Otherwise, it looks like warehouse. The guy in the paper said Lenny Hayes was a warehouse, mate. <laughs> I don't even understand what that means. About McLeod's daughters. Uh, you know, if it's not like I had the best time on that show. Like, it's not like I have fond memories of anything. You know, like, I made some friends, but it was really not like a fun gig for me it was my first or second ever kind of job and it was tough like you lit in the country out in Adelaide and the crew hated everyone and the cast hated everyone and it was just there's a lot of really kind of narky so I don't sort of look back at it with that much fondness you know what I mean so when people ask me questions about oh do you still catch up with the cast it's like no 
What I love about you, Charlie, is that you like journey into life with such a, a happy demeanor. Like, you know, you, I think if people, you know, you're like a puppy dog and, you know, you can go to a party and meet new people and you just fit in straight away. You're a, you're a happy go lucky guy and people respond to you in that way. And even when bad things have happened in your life, you always tend to, you know, even treat them with like a, a cheerful di- disposition. I never knew that your dark ears were on the clouds' daughters. <laughs> Because the way you just started talking about that, I was like, oh my God, Charlie's about to open up. This is, this is like inside the actor's studio. Uh, no, no, Tell just, us about the dark times on McLeod's Daughters, Have we not Charlie. talked about this before? Well, I mean, I'm sure we talked about McLeod's Daughters, but I didn't realise it was like your... Well, it was all It was your it was. Nick Cave Berlin years. It was, my, it was one of my early first jobs, and I had never gone to drama school. Like, I had... I, I'd sort of studied filmmaking. I'd never really had, my, like, many dreams of being an actor, but I'd sort of fallen into it. Yeah. And so... Um, it was a bit intimidating, like the first time you get in front of a camera, and especially when you get lines to learn, you got to do like love scenes and all kinds of weird shit. So I'd done a show for the ABC, then I'd gone over to do McLeod's, and you're in the middle of nowhere, like it's Gawler, which is an hour north of Adelaide, and Adelaide's pretty remote as it is. So most of the cast and crew were sourced from, some were local, but some were brought in from Sydney and Melbourne. So there was this kind of attitude of everyone's kind of away from home and people are just wanting to get back and see their families they're, they're kind of what do you call it it's like a, a internment like they're kind of forced to sort of be together so there's this that attitude for a start and then the second a lot thing, of people coming back from McLeod's daughter's like you don't know man yeah. <laughs> well, I don't, you weren't there I think it was more what they managed to do was, I remember that cold chisel line you know the last plane out of Drover's run <laughs> <laughs> the last you out of Drover's almost gone <laughs> But my first day on set, so I got flown in and it's like an hour drive and, you know, sitting in the sort of my trailer and stuff and then finally I get called out to set. And like normally when you sort of step on the set, there could be 30, 40 people you haven't met before and they're all doing jobs and stuff. So I'm a happy go lucky kind of guy. I'll try and say hello to someone, at least try and sort of, you know, introduce myself. Yeah. So let's break the ice a bit. So I'm doing that and no one wants to talk to me. I'm sort of just like no one's saying hello or anything. So I'm waiting uh, to do this one scene and the camera is setting up and the camera assistant, this little prick, I can't remember his name, but he's looking at me and I'm just sort of waiting, you know, for him to get ready. And he just leans out from behind the camera and goes, mate, don't fuck up. We want to get to lunch. <laughs> that was it. And that was like the first thing that anyone had said to me. Yeah. And that kind of did. If you were going to do some sort of, yeah, great uh, actor's quotes book, like, you know, that would be your anecdote. Yeah. And that's what I carried through me. <laughs> I, like all my career, I was like, don't fuck up. Everyone's got to go to lunch. That's my motto. <laughs> Every day I thought about that. That bit of insight. You can have that, your, that gentleman on the first day you given me. Or your Meisner, yeah. That camera assistant. So and it was that day I realized I didn't need to go to acting school <laughs> because I had learned that everyone the, needs to go to lunch. <laughs> it's not a, everyone needs you know to go what? to lunch. It's actually not a bad attitude. Yeah. Like well, if you think about it on a philosophical way. Yes. Basically, you're just saying. Let's get this done as efficiently as possible yeah. because, you know, at the end of the day, we're all going to sit down together and share a meal. Yeah, maybe, you know, you know what? Nothing about, maybe I'm sounding like a fucking, like, thin-skinned pussy. Maybe yeah. it wasn't that bad. This guy was giving you a bit of friendly, like, you know, advice. <laughs> like, a, a, like a mantra that you could actually use for the rest of your career. Well, I would think that... And you were like, I'll be in my trailer. <laughs> I, would, I would think that maybe I had misinterpreted the situation, but I do know for a fact that just after I left the show... Um, Channel 9 did a whole bunch of sackings. I sacked a whole lot of the crew. And uh, there was a, like a, I think he was an assistant B camera or something like that. And the guy that had given me shit 
everyone. He used to. He's just. He's like. You know what he was? He was Stephen Milne. He was a little mouthy kind of guy. Yeah. Like always, fucking like giving people shit. Just like he's a pest, right? Yeah. So a couple of days, a couple of weeks after I left, Channel Nine sacked a whole bunch of people, and the other camera assistant on B camera. Um, when he found out that he'd been sacked, he sort of took his pink slip and then he went back to the catering van where everyone was having lunch and punched this guy out and then kept going. It's like, well, you know what? I'm out of here anyway. I've just got to punch that guy in the face. He was that kind of dude. I hope just before he punched him in the face, he's like, I'm about to punch him in the face, but I'm going to get this done quick because everyone's got to go to lunch. <laughs> One of my absolute uh, favourite TV shows, and I've, I've spoken about this before, is The Shield. Yeah. The TV show The Shield. Michael based Tickles, on, your, based on, based on my penis. penis. Yeah. True story of my penis and how my penis became corrupt and fought crime. <laughs> Spoilers if you've never seen The Shield, but in the very first episode of The Shield, they do this. He ejaculates. <laughs> That's why it's called The Shield, because everybody needed a shield, because often Michael Chiklis would just ejaculate all over them. I would love that. That was the very first scene, the very first episode. He gets called into like the commissioner's office and he's like, Chiklis, you're off the case. You're a loose cannon. And he's like, boss, i got one thing to say to you. And then his head starts to tremble and he just ejaculates all over his boss to the top of his skull. Uh, I would have actually watched it if that was the show. Okay, so you hate Demi Moore. Hate Demi Moore. You hate Angelina Jolie. Yeah. And who's the third in this triumvirate? Of people that I wouldn't go and see a movie <laughs> if they were in it. Who would be the final person? Charlie? Who do you think it would be? Oh, have you got someone in mind? No. Uh, <laughs> but I was hoping I could think of somebody while you, you were guessing. I'm just trying to think who you hate. I, I, I'm going to take a punt and say... Uh, uh, almost famous chick, Kate Hudson. No, no. No, like I'm going to go with the guy. Oh, okay. God, I don't want to like. Uh, is he uh, uh, like a working actor now? Yeah, big actor. Big actor now. No, big actor. As in size or like fame? As in fame. Okay. Like you know, I've so he's seen big now. He yeah. headlines films, and he's always been big. And he's American. Yep. But I literally, if he's in something, I've seen plenty of his films over the years, and I've even enjoyed some of his films. <laughs> Adam but <Sandler. laughs> the idea that he's in something will make me think I won't go. Comedian. No. Action. Action. Oh, Vin, Vin Diesel. No, I'm all right on Vin, oh, Vin Diesel. I hate Vin Diesel. He seems like such a cockhead. Uh, Whatever. I just don't have. I don't have time to have an opinion about Vin I Diesel. Don't know who I'm a busy action guy. Action heroes that you hate. So he makes regular action movies. When I say he's an action hero, what era? He does action, but he's not, not exclusively an action. Okay, in fact, drama. He's uh, act- Bruce Willis. His action movies would be the ones that I would be more likely to see. Bruce Willis. No, I'll see anything Bruce Willis is in. Mm-hmm. Despite the fact that much of what Bruce Wilson is in his shit, yeah, okay. But I will go and wait. Bruce Wilson is in it. All right, I'll have a look. Uh, what era are we talking? When same, we... same era as Bruce Willis. Oh, so eighties or eighties, nineties, two thousand. Yeah, oh, exactly. Fuck, That's that what big? I mean. Yeah, that big. Sylvester Stallone. No, oh, yeah, I'm all right with the uh, Copland is one of my favorite films of all time. Right, I love Copland. I, I thought he was so good in that film. I haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> it's Again, about this no. land of cops. <laughs> then there's this war horse that they have to fight. Um, is he and he's a big star? So would you say he's earning over twenty million a movie? Like yes. is he in that Tom Hanks uh, yes. echelon? He's Arnold Schwarzenegger. In, no, uh, I like Arnie. I've seen pretty much everything Arnie's been in. Uh, you'd like Will Smith? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. You'd like, you'd like Tom Hanks? Six Degrees of Separation, one of my favorite films of all time. And he's nice action star. Yeah, but does drama. Yeah, uh, Steven Seagal. <laughs> <laughs> Has he done drama? No. Uh, <laughs> Here we got paid over $20 million per film. 
apart from by his mob connections. Who the fuck is this actor? It's not George Clooney, because no. we've been down this road <laughs> yeah, before. Yeah, imagine if it was. Can you give me another hint? Yeah, of course I can. Right. Um, I can uh, give you as many hints as you want. I okay. Mean, uh, is he Caucasian? Definitely, yes. Is he over 40? Yeah, I'd say he's oh, over 40. Yes, because yeah. he's had 80s, 90s. Yeah. Is he over 50? Um, I'm not sure about the truth, but I, I don't think you could handle the truth. <laughs> Jackie Chan. <laughs> no? He's 80s, 90s and today. He's like Today FM. The best of 80s, 90s and today. No, it's not Jackie Chan. Do they have to change their motto, best of 80s, 90s and today, because there's been a naughties now. Best of 80s, 90s, naughties and today. A lot of that time on radio, you find them, like, they'll skip a few decades. Yeah. So it'll be like the best of the 60s, 70s. And today. <laughs> Forget about the 80s. We like old stuff and her- stuff you heard yesterday. <laughs> Nothing in between. Um, okay, so he's oldish. Yeah. His action guys. Christopher Lambert. No. He's famous. Christopher Lambert never got $20 for a film. Like, yeah, like 20 million. Yeah. Not, you, know you wouldn't show him that sort of money. Who the fuck is... So I've said... I, I, give me another hint. Grey uh, hair, dark hair, blonde hair. No, he's got dark hair. Is he... Is he ugly or good looking? Uh, I think a lot of people find him good looking, but I, I, I don't find him good looking. He, but but I, he's, it's a bit weird. Like he's kind of a sex symbol, but at the same time, I'd say that there'd be an equal amount of people who are like, oh, yeah, right, twenty million a film. Yeah, he's been working for three yeah. decades. Yeah. <sighs> oh no. <laughs> Is he ever on TV? Ah. Uh, what? He never had his own. He never had like a Magnum PI or a. I don't think he'd ever feel the need to do TV. What was? Did he have a? When, what year was his breakout film? Oh, oh Mickey Rock. No, it's not Mickey Rock. Oh, it's risky to guess, I guess. Um, Tom Cruise. <laughs> yes, Tom Cruise. Oh my god! He didn't feel the need. The need for speed. <laughs> oh, he's risky those business. business. Oh, I think Liz did give me before risky. I did Risky Business. Uh, you want the truth, you can't handle the truth. Oh, my God. <laughs> what we've established over 69 episodes is that I'm terrible at Celebrity Ed. Hey, um, uh, I saw on iTunes the other day that that Tofop podcast is like number three. Um, oh, they must do some good stuff on that. What do they do? Well, sometimes I play Celebrity Head and one of the guys is really bad at guessing really obvious things. <laughs> His mate's giving him clues the whole time. He doesn't even fucking hear it. Wow. Dude, that was classic Tofop we've oh. just had for the last four hours. You've flown to Adelaide specifically so that we can yeah, record the show because I'm on tour. So you've come in, special mission. We we're going to belt over two podcasts this afternoon. Four and a half hours later... After you've been MacGyvering the equipment. Tell them why, though. Well... New equipment. I bought new equipment. Because... When I was in America, <laughs> I bought Tofop a Christmas present. We've been listening to the listeners. Yeah. Or reading the listeners, I guess. No one's actually audibly said, no. get new equipment. And but- if and if they did, uh, if they were able to say that, we wouldn't be able to access <laughs> the audio. Because <laughs> we're no good at that. So, yes, the listeners have been saying, get better equipment. So I got us some better equipment. Yeah. And then I left it in the boxes for you to set up. <laughs> I did my bit of it, which was paying for the extra equipment, yeah. but no good without it. If it was Christmas Day yeah. and you're my dad, 
and you got me a BMX. It wasn't like I came down on Christmas Day and found a BMX assembled. No. I came down, there's two found wheels over there. And a screwdriver. <laughs> yeah. In yeah. fact, not even a screwdriver. Because at one stage you said, do you have a screwdriver? And I was like, no. But so, a knife. I honestly had a moment there, by the way, while we were doing this podcast where I was like, people will know that's not what we meant and I don't need to correct it. And then I was like, oh my God. Like, it pisses me off when I'm listening to something and they get, like, a fact about something. I don't mind when people get facts wrong, obviously. We get facts wrong all the time in this podcast. We have a fucking hashtag devoted to it. Yeah, but when somebody, like, pretends they're an expert on some subject and then they don't... Yeah, we've talked about Batman. 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 (laughs) The Jewish uh, (laughs) crime fighter. Batman. Batman. (laughs) Uh, I can't think of what actor that you... Woody Allen is Batman. My dad had a heart attack and didn't notice. When? Like, just recently. Really? Had a heart attack and didn't notice. Fucking tough prick. I know. Farmer. I like, was he I, working when it I happened? I got a paper cut on my finger. I had to take a week off work. My <laughs> well, dad... What was he doing? On the farm. But what was he doing? Like, what was the... Was well, it the, was he, the activity that... He didn't triggered? notice. All oh, right. This is the whole point. He had to go to... He's had some heart problems. And he got stents put in. I don't really know what stents are, but I think they're something. They just put you, them through your sort of your vein or something, and they hold the vein sort of up. Because what I think oh, what happens is your collapse. veins are kind of collapsing, yeah, yeah, yeah. so they can sort of put something. I assume like a like a straw, <laughs> like not a bendy straw, <laughs> but they shoot it in your. You're never operating. On me. <laughs> they put an IV. I mean, that would we be, need a bendy straw stat. That would be an extreme circumstance <laughs> where that would even be an option yeah. of me operating on you. <laughs> Like, unless we were doing a toe fop, you know, sort of from a desert island and something happened. Yeah. And then I would give it a crack. Yeah, castaway style. Yeah. I'm having a, I need a, I need a triple bypass. You're like, God damn it. All I've got is bamboo shoots and coconuts. If I only had a bendy straw, I could do this. And by the end of the episode, uh, unfortunately behind me, they see a little cross with a, you know, you buried in the sand and me co-hosting this show with a volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the toe fop. I'm Wilson. <laughs> You know what I sound like? What we sound like is my mum, who always calls me by both my brother's names before she gets to me. Like, she wants something. She'll be like, Matthew, Jamie, Charlie, can you pass me the song? <laughs> Matthew, Jamie, Charlie, can you change the channel? It's like she's memorised you all in order. Yeah, she fucking has to. Yeah, and so that's why she's going through. Like, she flicks them off on yeah, her yeah. fingers. Yeah, she's like a computer yeah. that's trying to find a file. She sorts the, it's like the, she's like the Terminator. You know in Terminator... When the Terminator hunts down Sarah Connor, he kills two other Sarah Connors before he gets to the real Sarah Connor. And Michael Bean explains it to her by saying, he was killing them one by one because he was being systematic. He found Sarah Connor in the phone book. He worked his way down the list until he got to the one he wanted. My mother is the Terminator. Do you reckon, just say hypothetically, we were getting paid a million dollars an episode, right? Do you think (laughs) that's... All right, I'm in. I'm in. Where do we sign? (laughs) Do you think that would affect... um, Okay, a million dollars an episode conditional on like the ratings being a certain level. Okay. okay. Yep. Just say you extrapolate from the audience we have now. So the things that are working are time travel, uh, prison rape, Batman yep. discussions. Okay. So we get a million dollars an episode, but obviously they're the things we have to keep talking about. Yeah. Does that then affect our personal relationship when discussing things? Like when you come around and we bullshit before we get on the mics, if I start talking about Batman, do you go, whoa, whoa, dude, that's dude, money. Dude, do not, <laughs> do not piss money down the drain. <laughs> that is cash. We could buy shit with that conversation. Yeah. yeah. Do you think it would? Yeah, definitely. Because it may affect the quality of our, our work. Wow. Although if I was getting paid like a million dollars an episode, I would spend the majority of the rest of the week I had free because <laughs> really? I would. Reading up on Batman, <laughs> watching time travel, travel films, <laughs> and getting raped in prison. <laughs> that last part you can do, Charlie. 
I'm like, Will, how can you get to do the time travel and the comic book reading after the prison? Well, I'm sorry. Charlie, I'm doing two thirds of the work. I took two, you take one. That was the deal. I am watching time travel movies and reading about Batman. And you can do the third one. So you come to me and say, Charlie, mm. uh, we're going to get paid a million dollars an episode, yep. but we need to three research. Conditions, three conditions. Yeah. There's three conditions. There's yep. three things we have to research. Yep. So I'm happy to do two. Yeah, I'll do two. If you do one. Yeah. Deal? I'll be okay. (laughs) Not realising my friend was setting me up. (laughs) And I've got like, you just have to sign this contract and the first two are in really, really big letters and the third one's just down the bottom like the little warning they put on alcohol. Okay, so drink responsibly. For a million dollars an episode, just say... We do have to do that research. They expect us to be reading Batman, watching time travel films, and one of us has to visit a prison for one night once a month. And it alternates. Right. Do we still do it? What sort of prison is it? Uh, like, they wouldn't be putting us... I mean, I'd say it's not like a... It's not like a... a um, what do you call them? Not maximum security. security? Yeah, it's maximum security. Oh, it's maximum security. Yeah, maximum security. So we're in with, like, you know... Hardened, murderers hardened and killers, yeah. And killers and I shit. mean, we get put in our cell, but there's, like, uh, you know, sort of what we have two hours to go out in the yard and shit like that. Well, that's pretty good, two, two hours a day. Is that what they get? In the I yard? I think you get an hour in the yard. Only an hour? Yeah. Do they get let out of their cages? Well, not cages. It's not like people are coming in from the outside and picking the one that they want to take home for their kid for Christmas going along. I'm sick of all these criminal farms. People should adopt. We've got so many criminals who need a home. That record player actually came in useful in a couple of ways. A couple of years. None of which involve playing records. <laughs> no. Prior to it becoming a porn storage unit, when I was obsessed with comic books and wanting to be a superhero, I um, devised like my superhero outfit, like I black gum boots, black tracksuit pants, black skivvy, and I'd bought like an old mask from the this uh, toy shop. Uh, what do they call those? Is it domino masks? Like Robin okay, masks? Yeah. Sure. So I cut myself a little domino mask out of this old uh, fan, uh, masquerade ball mask. And uh, so I had my costume, right? So you you essentially looked like one of the Wiggles at in a music beats. concert. <laughs> yeah, like, an outdoor, like at an outdoor music festival. I look like an emo wiggle. Yeah. I'm wearing a black skivvy, black tracksuit pants and black gum boots. Yeah. So emo wiggle. Yeah, you're just like standing around saying things like, I preferred it when Jeff didn't wake up. <laughs> So I uh, had my costume, and then I needed to get my arsenal together. And so, uh, have you ever seen those S-shaped hooks that they hang, you hang potted plants from? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. So I went to the Good hard- weapon. I went to the hardware store, and I bought like I think ten meters of nylon, like yeah. nylon cord, and I tied it around the middle of the S-shape. So when I swung it, I had like a grappling hook. Great. And so I'd go like the center. I was eighteen when I was doing this, mind you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's about twelve. So I get the. Oh, I don't approve of that. A, kid, a 12 year old kid should not be handling that sort of equipment. An 18 year old, I was fine with. So I had the grappling hook, yeah. and then I had my spud gun. Oh, yeah. That was in case I ran into any trouble. Yeah. Or Irish people. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot out spuds and distract them. Hopefully, they'll eat them up and leave you alone. Potatoes! Yeah, so that was like a diversionary. That was my diversionary weapon if I came across an Irish supervillain. Yeah. But I had just seen Batman. Oh, I'm the Riddler. <laughs> I'd just seen Batman and you mm. know how he's got the, what do you call them, the incendiaries where he throws something on the ground. It's like, you know, yep. All right. and he disappears. Like, it's like ninjas have the same thing. Yep. So I got 
like, and Vegas stage magicians. <laughs> yeah. So, so I got like five packets of those uh, caps, you know, the ones, the plastic ones, the plastic oh, yeah. ring yeah. caps. And I hollowed out all the gunpowder <laughs> and put it into like the center of uh, a tissue. So yeah. basically like a pile of cocaine, like an eight balls worth of gunpowder. Yeah. In a tissue, and then I fold the tissue up, and I packed it into my utility belt, which was like I think my dad's fishing belt or something, with a, a, a match, and I'd cut off the side of the matchbox and stuck that to my belt. So when I needed to ignite it, I'd just like light it off the belt, light the tissue paper, and then throw it to the ground. And oh my god! <laughs> I'm so surprised that you have all your limbs. <laughs> I am literally shocked, and I'm standing here talking to a whole person today. <laughs> Uh, so, did you ever do that? Did, did you try that? Well, this was ever This is the where the record player comes into effect oh. because I was Charlie Clawson by day and yeah. then this masked crime fighter by night. Did you have a name? Oh, I don't think I did. Really? Yeah. That seems weird. Seems weird that you spent all we that didn't... time coming up with the explosives and didn't spend any time working on a name. But we didn't come up with the name for Tofop until like episode four. No, but like yeah, but we're not fighting crime. <laughs> You know so I, mean? I can't strike fear into the hearts of uh, villains if I don't have a name. Well, I don't think so. I think the name's the most important bit because the name's got to get out there first. It's almost more frightening to be the enigma. Yeah, but then <laughs> that's, that's not what your I call name. myself by that. <laughs> <laughs> this is my point. You've got to have a name. No, because it's more terrifying that when the, the cops come to an alleyway and a bunch of gangsters have been beaten up and they're all like screaming and crying and talking about you know, what attacked him. The police are like, what attacked him? They're like, I don't know, man. I don't know. It was about 12 years old. <laughs> I was wearing him. A- no, because as human beings, we need to name things so that we can sort of control things. We need to name things first. So what happens with serial killers and stuff like that, if they don't come up with their own name, you know, in a, in a letter or whatever, then the police end up naming... The Zodiac Killer. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. So that's fine if they give you a cool name like the Zodiac Killer. But Well, I don't know if I ever got to the papers, Will. <laughs> but the point is that it, it, eventually okay. you were going to, and you don't want someone else in charge of it. No, that's that's not true. You don't want him like, oh, like, did Daredevil? We've got to go and get the Daredevil gumboot warrior name him, or whatever. Oh, yeah, Daredevil did name himself after his dad, didn't he? Yeah. There must be a superhero who didn't name himself, but was named by the people who saw his exploits. Oh well, I think that happens sometimes. Like, we, so that's know. what I was doing. I wasn't naming myself. I was going to get named by the community right. I was protecting. Okay, but but that's the ris- weirdo kid. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I mean. It's risky. The little with, psychopath. Because with Spider Man, like he's a man dressed as a spider, so people are going to go, oh, "It's that Spider Man." I don't think we'll Spider-Man call him Spider Man named himself. No, but that, what, what I'm saying is that it's obvious to people he's going to call, be called Spider Man. Yeah. Right? Okay. Because Batman's going to be called Batman because he's a man dressed as a bat. Okay. Whereas you're a kid dressed as an emo wiggle and you're but not going to get it, a good it was, name. It's predating emo. Okay, so you're a journalist. Skivvy boy. You're- <laughs> it's Skivvy boy. <laughs> like, that's not a good name. No matter how... Skivvy boy returns. Yeah. The Skivvy boy rises. Yeah, it was like, no one's ever going to go, you know who the Australian leader is? Skivvy boy. So no one would... Oh, you know what? I, the last bit of my costume was I had gardening gloves on. Like, uh, white gardening gloves. Right. Yeah. So... White gloves. The, you know what I look the like? The skinny gay kid. <laughs> <laughs> you look like a black and white minstrel show. Yeah, no. I, I looked like, like 1926 Mickey Mouse. All black with these fat white gloves. <laughs> so they called me Mickey Mouse. Or they called you the mime. You look like a mime, essentially. You're wearing the outfit of a mime. I don't wear big white People gloves. People would have thought oh, that yeah, you were a mime. Big gloves. Okay, the mime. When they saw you. That's that, a, but that's a bad because I probably... I think that mime could be... Uh, people are scared of mimes. <laughs> Are they? Yeah. Or they just don't like them. You'd be always putting people in like glass boxes, but they just escape. <laughs> I think the mime, look, if I, if I had <laughs> been be trying to solve crime, but it'd be really windy. I haven't got time to solve crime on the mime. <laughs> They're like, why are you talking? <laughs> <laughs> Shit. You're the worst mime of all time. <laughs>
worse than a bucket of slime. <laughs> we get that you can rhyme, but <laughs> you were meant to fight crime as a mime. So, how old are you? You're 12. 12. And you've got explosives? Yeah. I've got a grappling hook. You've got a grappling hook. I've got a potato gun. You've got a potato gun. So when and, the, uh, But because I had to maintain Charlie Clawson by day and the mime by night, yeah. I needed to have... <laughs> you know what your slogan would be? The mime. He's silent but deadly. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> now superheroes need slogans too, yeah. right? Yeah. So uh, I needed to be able to access my costume and my weapons at a moment's notice because you never knew when trouble was afoot. Exactly. So like, you know, Batman has the pole down in the Batcave. Yep. Superman has a telephone booth. Yep. So. Spider-Man has a backpack. Does he? Yep. He doesn't wear it under his clothes? Oh, no, sometimes. the backpack's for picking it up. He's but he has putting the backpack. his clothes in, isn't it? No, both. You he, never doesn't see... al- he doesn't always wear it under his clothes. Yeah, not Sometimes so he's got it in the his backpack. It's all right. It's practical. <laughs> He's got a backpack. He's got a backpack with the Spider-Man outfit and a backpack full of porn. Hypothetically, right? Yeah. Just say you had to get changed into like some jogging gear before you could fight crime. Yeah. How quickly do you reckon you could do that? Like if you saw an intruder bust into your house and start beating up Amy, but you couldn't go in there until you disguise yourself because just say your jogging gear is your costume. Right. How quickly could you do it? Uh, so I have to put shoes and socks on? Yes. Well, yeah, the whole outfit. It's going to take at least She'd be minutes. dead. <laughs> <laughs> she'd be dead like to be honest there'd be a point where I started to take my time because I'd be like you know what she'd be dead by so now you'd anyway be, therefore you'd always wear your jogging gear under your clothes I guess I would yeah but for me it would be you'd the always sho- wear sneakers at least if it, it'd be shoes and socks because they'd take the longest yeah and particularly for me because I have like you know back and hip problems like <laughs> <laughs> some superhero here he comes arthritis man <laughs> it's like you're getting you know <laughs> The Joker has laid siege to the city and it's like, did we get that man? No. We got uh, arthritis man. He's just hobbling up the street now. <laughs> He'll be there in a sec. He sleeps on a bed of magnets. <laughs> <laughs> to the walker. <laughs> no, it's arthritis man. What are you taking, arthritis man? Are they proton pills? No, fish oil? <laughs> so I had my um, my gumboots. Well, my gumboots were gumboots, so they could sort of hang out in the car, but they didn't look too suspicious. But I had the skivvy and the tracksuit pants tucked in a drawer underneath the record player. So the routine would be like, go in, you know, bust open the shirt. Superman For the style. record, though, yeah, uh, tracksuit pants and skivvy yeah. are just normal clothes. Yeah, so and- you don't need to hide that either. You could have just had that in the cupboard with your sneakers. I wanted to have them together. Yeah. So I could access it at the same time. Like, I wasn't going to hang my skivvy back up on yep. the clothes hanger and put my pants in the drawer. I wanted right. them together. Okay. I didn't want to arouse suspicion because you open it, mum opens the drawer and she sees, like, basically a. Hang on. Why are these tracksuit pants with this skivvy and these gumboots? <laughs> yeah. Something's going on. Yeah. My son must be fighting crime. <laughs> my son must be an emo wiggle. <laughs> I think my daughter might be a lesbian. <laughs> Because I came in the other day and she was reading a lot of porn, <laughs> like heaps. <laughs> Almost, you'd say, a record player full. <laughs> so I didn't want to, so I wanted to keep that stuff all close by, but, you know, away from my regular clothes. And also, too, I needed that separation when I took on the mantle of the mine, right? I don't want to have to go to my cupboard to put on my, my skivvy and then go get the drawer because it doesn't make me feel like I'm finding crime. You want a bit of a routine, a, yeah. a, a ceremony, I guess. This ceremony? That's what it would be for the mime. You'd be to the glass box. And then, because you don't know what's ah, in the glass yeah, box. Yeah, that, yeah, and yeah. you'd have that, actually having a... Yes, that's what my back yeah. cave is. Right? Yeah, good. So I put on the uh, tracksuit pants, give you... And a record player that doesn't actually play music. 
Perfect for the mime. Ah, oh, yes. <laughs> I never thought of that. Yeah. So I put on I put on the costumes. I put on the costume, the tracksuit pants and the skivvy and the boots. Yeah. And then this is the best bit. I would turn the record player on and I would turn the turntable onto its lowest speed. So like whatever, is it 33 or whatever half of that was. Yeah. So I'd be turning slowly. And then dun, 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 I'd open the lid and my weapons would be turning in that classic, you know, like every superhero film, like when they choose their arsenal. And so I'd like take my spud gun off, I'd, you know, stick my uh, explosive to my belt. And then the last bit I always do would be the mask. Dun, 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 dun. And that was pretty much like the purpose of the record player for me was just like that. I, the only reason I, I did it was for that moment, so I could have the weapons turning. Oh, that's a good enough reason. Yeah. That's a great reason. Yeah, I don't think I actually ended up fighting any crime. <laughs> it was just the build-up to that. What sort of crime did you think you were going to fight? I didn't honestly think I was going to fight crime. Right. I, I just, basically, I would just climb on my roof and run around and pretend I was fighting people. Oh, that's all right. Yeah. Although I did remember getting sprung by neighbours at the next house down, and they had a two-storey house, and I remember I was on the roof, and I was, like, play-fighting. <laughs> And I looked over and I saw one of the guys, the older brothers, staring out at me. And so I tried to turn my fighting invisible ninjas into, like, as if I was, I don't know, rehearsing something. Like, I was up there and, you know, like, I, it was, I don't know how I tried to palm it off, but I did try and turn it into something that didn't, like, you know, I'm wearing, still wearing a mask, mind you. You're like, uh, I don't know if you know, but I'm uh, going to be an actor. <laughs> and... 20 years later, you've been an actor for all that time just to cover that embarrassment. You don't want to be an actor. No. You just got caught in a lie. I had to maintain that lie. You could not get out of it. Until this guy dies, I'm stuck doing this shit. Fruchox. This is my little thing about Fruchox. Fruchox? Yeah. It's an Adelaide uh, delicacy, Fruchox. They're apricot, sort of like an apricot inside. Oh, yeah. We got sent them by... uh, Yeah. Oh, Oh, what? (laughs) Hang on. Oh, it's the fucking porn stash. <laughs> Sorry. That was that was God punishing you. The fact that you ate all our fucking fruit hogs. Okay, that's God not true. God has struck you down and ripped your no, headphones off. One of off our you. listeners, and I can't remember who, I'm really sorry. She sent us a, a really lovely care package and it was a bunch of Hague's chocolates. And I gave you some. I think there was like three things she sent us. One was like a block of dairy milk. One was something else. And the last one was uh, apricot bites in milk chocolate, right? Fruit chocks, yeah. Delicious. Yeah. And I ate the whole thing and never told you about them. <laughs> so uh, I, I found another article that one of our listeners sent to us, Charlie, while I was Googling Zamboni. And it refers to the career of somebody that we've talked about on this show. And we've worried about post the breakup of his current enterprise, what would this guy do with his life? Yeah. Uh, it is, of course, uh, t- taboo from the Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> so, so, are we doing a taboo retrospect? Yeah, we've, well, we've had a little um, taboo. This is your life. Yeah, <laughs> like it's a taboo topic. And, well, we said last week that anal was taboo. Yeah, exactly. really, taboo is taboo. Uh, a lot of people have been worried about what taboo. Like everyone's like, "Well, will I am? He'll obviously, you know, have plenty of things to do. Fergie, she'll be fine." Poor taboo. Yeah. Spare a thought for taboo. Apple to be app and taboo. Let's find out what's happening with these. What guys. is taboo to do? Yeah. <laughs> is that that's that's how he talks. <laughs> <laughs> like that was when, he speaks when, when will I... first per, in the in the third person. 
When will I have and it always in? rhymes. Yeah. When will I have called him into the office to say, "Hey, look, I'm splitting the band up." Oh no! <laughs> what is taboo to do? <laughs> <laughs> taboo take two two to zoo. <laughs> taboo may have to sue. <laughs> Taboo has a house that is new with a view. Taboo, uh, the American singer, rapper, and member of the global phenomena, the Black Eyed Peas, will make his debut solo. (laughs) Taboo will make his debut. Maybe that's that's how it all happens. (laughs) Will I answer? Taboo, you're through. Taboo, taboo. This could be Taboo's debut. Okay, so Taboo <laughs> will make his debut. A solo tour of Australia. In Timbuktu. <laughs> presented exclusively by blah, blah, blah. Uh, experience Entertainment, that's the... Experience that's Entertainment, that's the, the mob who are bringing him out. That's uh, their director, Graham Cordry, said, We are excited to announce... That our first tour of 2012 is that of such a star performer. <laughs> Taboo is credited as being the driving creative force behind the Black Eyed Peas. According to Taboo. Yeah. By who? Taboo. <laughs> That's who. <laughs> it's true. It says Taboo. And they're like, is he still in here? <laughs> I, I went for a poo. <laughs> so... <laughs> The driving creative force behind the Black Eyed Peas and his live DJ sets are nothing short of explosive. <laughs> I can't think of a better way. Oh, so this has actually already happened. Sorry. Uh, I can't think of a better way to celebrate Australia Day. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, okay. No, I thought this was Taboo talking for a second, but it's not Taboo. It's still great. It's not, it's not in rhyming. It's still great. <laughs> I can't think of a better way to celebrate Australia Day at the peak of the Australian summer kicking back poolside in the afternoon sun with a cocktail or making a splash in the pool with Taboo in charge of the music. <laughs> this sounds like a... Th- is Taboo standing side of stage putting a gun at his daughter? You know what I mean? <laughs> These demands are so outrageous. Taboo is the single greatest artist to have ever graced the stage. He's <laughs> just like looking at his daughter. Taboo. She's sweating. So this guy wants to celebrate the Australian summer and Australia Day <laughs> by bringing out American rapper Taboo. <laughs> Not even, like, probably the third or fourth best one from the Black Eyed Peas. The creative force behind yeah. the Black Eyed Peas. Famed for jumping on the mic and... <laughs> famed, famed for jumping on the mic and singing Black Eyed Peas hits during his sets... Taboo will bring to Ivy Pool. Oh, it's an Ivy Pool. Oh, my God. Capacity 15. <laughs> Capacity 52 for Taboo. <laughs> yeah, so he's gone from playing Madison Square Gardens with the Black Eyed Peas to playing the Ivy Pool. <laughs> Taboo will bring to Ivy Pool the fusion of electronic hip-hop and party beats that have seen the dynamic and constantly evolving supergroup nab six Grammy Awards while refusing to settle within any one genre. <laughs> I thought you were going to say then is they've won six Grammy Awards without ever recording one good song. 
the article really turned at the end. <laughs> what I love is that, like, but he's not playing Black Eyed Peas songs. He's just DJing at this party. He and might then occasionally, occasionally mark it up and go like, uh, I got a feeling. <laughs> Let's get retarded. <laughs> Have you seen this in video online of uh, Mitt Romney? getting confronted by a guy uh, it's kind of wheelchair he's suffering from some kind of disease I can't remember what it is but he's saying to Mitt Romney hey you know I suffer from this disease I'm in constant pain marijuana is the one drug that makes me feel better if I am taking marijuana will you put me and my doctor in jail and Mitt Romney's like well have you tried like the, the synthetic and he's like yes I have makes me nauseous will you put me in jail and all Mitt Romney says is, well, I'm, I'm not in favour of medical marijuana. And keeps, like, he does a great little sort of politician's move on. But it's actually quite a confront. So essentially you're saying Mitt Romney runs away from a guy in a wheelchair. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, yeah, that right. way he gets hustled away from a guy in a wheelchair. They're but- like, quick, up some steps. <laughs> <laughs> People in wheelchairs and Daleks. <laughs> Pretty sure. <laughs> Unless it's the latest series of Doctor Who. Yeah. <laughs> they have a contingency plan for people in wheelchairs and post-1980s yeah. Daleks. Mitt Romney, I have a question. I suffer from chronic pain. If my doctor prescribes medical marijuana, will you put me in jail? He's really paranoid about going to the doctor in case it's the doctor. (laughs) Doctor! It's like, oh God, the Dalek again. Doctor! I still can't sleep. I have glaucoma. You don't have eyes. I have one eye. <laughs> Stoner Dalek. No. That's my new favourite fucking uh, Adam Sandler film. Maybe that could be like... I reckon that's... Stoner Dalek's not a Adam Sandler film. Stoner Dalek's like a... Um, it's like Robot a... chicken. Yeah, exactly. It's totally like some sort of stop motion or like animation <laughs> sort of series. I would love to be so rich. That um, Gina Reinhart, who's a, an Australian uh, mining magnate, mm. um, there's predictions that she will soon be the richest person in the world, even richer than like you know your Bill Gates and all those sort of Zuckerbergs. People. Yep. Yeah. Right. So um, they were talking about you know how much money it actually was, and it was it's so much money that basically whatever you could think of, you could do. Like there's literally nothing that with the amount of money. You know, well, nothing that you know, the human imagination could think of that you couldn't really put together. If I got that rich, the first thing I would do is go back and like using sort of George Lucas-esque technology or like, you know, I'll get James Cameron and George Lucas in a room and I'll say, boys, this is what I want. They're looking at their watches, you dump 10 million down. Yep. They're still looking at their watches, you dump 20 million down. Still looking at their watches, 300 million. And I think an eyebrow raise. And ironically, at the rate she's earning money, I'm still making a profit because by the time it takes me to throw down that money, I've earned more than that money. Interest on the money that you drew the account from the account you drew yep. it from. So I said, guys, this is, I'm going to d- donate the rest of my money to the world. I'm going to try to, you know, cure disease and, you know, cure poverty. But I have this one kind of selfish thing that I want to do. I would like you guys to go back and remake every single movie that stars Brad Pitt with a Dalek instead of Brad Pitt. And they would go back and make and re-release every film that Brad Pitt has ever done, but with a Dalek instead of Brad Pitt. Yeah. What do you think would be the most... most um, like, what one would do Downloaded the best... Downloaded film. What one would do the best box office? Out of all Brad Pitt's films, which one would well, you most a, like to see him replaced Dalek. by a Dalek? Uh, I, um, I think maybe seven. Because at the end, it would be like, 
What's in the box? What's in the box? Because that's almost like a Dalekess, because you know the Daleks lose their cool pretty quick and they get they start threatening people. What's in the box? For me to be Fight Club. Oh, yeah. Because I just love the idea that the whole way through, Edward Norton's like, other personality is a Dalek. <laughs> that scene with them punching on in the car park, you just see him like throwing punches at the fucking Dalek. Dunk, dunk, dunk. The first rule of Fight Club is... Exterminate! <laughs> Uh, let's find it out. Okay. Are we done? Yeah, this is done. it. Um, you can hit us you up on... No one can complain about our quantity. fucking bonus episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you something about Tofop. Can't complain about quantity. <laughs> so you can check out our Facebook page. Yeah. Facebook probably the the that's like the Hall of Justice. Yeah. That's our central operating. Yeah, we try to run on the Facebook page as often as possible. We're on Twitter. Will and I both have uh, Twitter accounts. Probably. If you're on Twitter too and uh, you like something we said, you can hashtag it with Tofop quotes. Yep. If we've come up with a fact that is erroneous, hashtag that with Tofop facts. facts. The girl who runs Tofop quotes on Tumblr. Oh, yeah. Which is, because Tofop quotes is really one of my favorite things on Twitter, but she does long form. Like, if you've ever read Tofop quotes on Twitter and sort of gone, where the fuck did that conversation start? Check out Tofop Tumblr. Uh, she does bigger chunks of dialogue and you can actually sort of put it in some kind of context. Yeah, that's cool. And I, it's, it's amazing when people are doing things. So, like, I, uh, the... We haven't had time to talk about everything, but people are sending like art and photos and stuff through to the Facebook page, and and, and it's it's really cool stuff. There is definitely like links to the iTunes page and the blog page if you don't do iTunes. Yeah, just fine. download it and enjoy it. Yeah, it's we don't care. Saying. We don't care how you're listening to it. Yeah, you can be outside the window listening to us right now if you like, as long as you don't come in afterwards. Yeah, I actually looked at the window. You <laughs> said just in case <laughs> that one person who's been there for every record going, he finally mentioned me. <laughs> I feel like we need should we we should stop talking. Okay. Are we done? Yeah. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson.